This is the very first Metamoji podcast coming That's at right. you live. Behind the mask, what's underneath? Uh, brain goo, uh, zeros and ones. It's all an icon, people. Anyways, I like my beard, though. I think it looks very, uh, P- you know, Peter Atia meets Andre Agassi meets Billy D. Williams if he wasn't black. Wow. And he had a beard. That's an impressive list of features all rolled into one person. I'm just That's me, why Tom. you're Z-Dog MD. Just as God or Zeus or whoever made me. <laughs> <laughs> so we were going to talk about some shit today because, and again, for people who are listening on the audio podcast, it probably behooves you, and yes, I use the word behoove, it behooves you to probably check out the video as well because we're doing this with emojis that we designed on Apple's shit. Is Apple paying us? No. Should they be paying us? Yeah. Are they little bitches? 100%. They're not going to pay us. So what are you going to do? You know? you know what, bro? I just have one thing to say about that. What if Steve Jobs was one of us? <laughs> Boo doo doo doo. On the bus like one of us. Boo doo doo doo. Like that chick from Theranos just got a black turtleneck. <laughs> oh. It's so weird doing these as metamojis. I kind of like it. You know, so, okay, so before we decided to do this silly metamoji shit, uh, we were talking about how you're super duper burned out and a little depressed. I'm so burned let's, out. Let's have that conversation as metamojis, because why not? Why not? It's this gonna is allow- 2019, anything goes. It's going to allow me to express my feelings somehow because. <laughs> I'm pretty depressed. All right, so this is the thing. I have been doing this shit since 2010. That's when I started Z-Dog as this sort of cry for help. I was like, listen, I need to do some shit that's me because medicine is not me. And, you know, we were talking earlier about this. Like, there's this speculation in my mind was was the whole being a doctor thing a kind of delusion? In other words, was it really what I was supposed to do or was it uh, something that was a combination of expectations, being good at science and being um, able to do the tests? So I was like, oh, I could be a doctor. What do I wanna be? Well, I kinda like to entertain people and I like to teach and maybe medicine can be a synergy of that, those kind of things. Well, then I go to medical school at UCSF and I was uh, surrounded by really fucking smart people that made me feel like a dipshit and also, that I didn't like. I'm gonna be honest with you, like 90% of my class, I, 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 I and, they, and they probably hated me too, it was the same thing. I just didn't like them. But then that 5% ended up becoming like really, like I was close friends with these people. And uh, they changed my life for the better. And so, you know, in any crowd, you find the outliers that fit who you are. But I was lying to myself going, medicine is the path for me. And then when I end up becoming a resident and I wanted to do GI, I was like, oh, GI, man, that'll be the thing that that really clicks because it's like basically video games and it's also talking to people and it's a lot of psychiatric stuff. So it'll be perfect. Then I do the rotation. And I'm like, this is just shit. Literally, it's shit, like feces. And I was disabused of that. And then I had to go to my program director, Kelly Skeff, and be like, I don't want to do medicine at all. I've been lying to myself. And when I finished residency, I spent a year working in tech thinking there's who I am. I'm a tech Silicon Valley tech guy. And I had never been so miserable. I was making money, I was successful, I was traveling around doing these things, working in medical education technology, which, oh, that should be me, right? Hated it, wanted to die. So when I got an opportunity to do clinical medicine, I went back to Stanford and I actually, for five years, fucking loved it. It was me. And I think that's a part of it, Tom, is like, you're not the same you all the time. You're changing all the time. For that five years, medicine was absolutely a calling for me. Right, right. But then it started to not be. 
And I lied to myself about that because we're really, we have an infinite capacity for self-delusion. All this measurement, taking away my house staff at Stanford, not having the residents, the mentorship, the teamwork, the people keeping me young by being young themselves and teaching me stuff was gone. And the teamwork and the connection was gone. Now I'm a cog. The business of medicine starts to instill itself. Our group at Sutter Health started to become more Sutter Health and less Palo Alto Medical Foundation, which was this beautiful partnership of of, uh, equals now is this like corporate fucking shit show where everybody's just commoditized. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what it is, but I'm unhappy, I'm depressed, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. You know what it is. You're just lying to yourself, right? So fast forward, I make Z-Dog. I do all this weird stuff. I go to Vegas, I meet you guys, we make videos, we build a clinic that was really an insane experience. But that by the end, I was like, when is this clinic gonna close because I'm tired of fighting this losing battle that I know is a losing battle. I know these insurance companies aren't gonna pay for this. I know that it's too good to be true because no one wants to step up and look at the long term, look at the happiness of both patients and providers and their outcomes. I, I It's just, it's hopeless because our system is so fucked up. But when that closed, then I was free to do this, which is ZDog MD full time, give a voice, go out there, do the thing. And then I said, okay, now to take it to the next level, maybe I need to move back to the Bay Area because my wife wants to be a radiologist again at Stanford. That's her calling, always has been, and I've deprived her of it by moving out there. And I said, when I move back here, I'm gonna take this thing to the next level. We're gonna do more talks, more sponsored shows. We're gonna have these great guests. It's gonna be great. I get here, I'm in my remodeled house with a view of the Bay. I'm back where I was before all this went down and I've never been so fucking miserable. Like I'm just depressed, I'm lashing out at like friends and family, I'm miserable, and it fucking sucks. It's, it's, I think it's just further proof that nothing you know, external is ever gonna make you like truly happy. You, you just can't be, exter- you can't be happy from external things, right? A, a thousand percent, that's a piece of it. External things cause gr- anxiety. They cause, right. they cause grasping and Because then you can lose the thing. You can lose it. Right. And here's this dirty secret. Everything is impermanent. Like, we're going to die. All this shit's going to disappear. The sun is going to explode in five billion years. The universe is going to involute. Who knows, right? But the long story short is those that grasping is a proxy for an emptiness where your purpose is supposed to be. And I thought that my purpose was doing this character of ZDog MD and trying to, you know, and I get thousands of messages and all kinds of people tell me how great it is and I get stopped in airports. Oh, you changed my life. And and yet when I go home, I'm like, there's something wrong. This is not me. There's something off here. I'm not able to be who I am and this feels terrible. Like there's something terribly off. And then moving it back here actually just put a huge accent on how this was not, I thought, oh, maybe moving to the Bay Area will save this idea that I'm on the right track. I'm just in the wrong place. No, because now I'm in the center of civilization. All the medical people are here. Two days ago, I did a, 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 a the triumphant return to Stanford with the, the King Bioethics Lecture, which actually, the minute I got on stage, I got emotional. Like I almost couldn't start because so many old friends and colleagues and mentors and everybody was up there in the, in the audience and there I am, this bald fuck, standing on stage, having gone out, walked the hero's journey, 
made this thing of himself, built this thing, health 3.0, come back and I'm on stage and here they are, the people that I actually do owe something to because they've been wonderful to me and I'm a fucking worthless piece of shit standing on a stage, right? <laughs> and I do the fucking thing, I do the I do the thing and I actually riffed and there's a lot of spontaneous stuff and I got a standing ovation and it was very moving. And then I go to dinner with the big wigs from the thing, including the people who funded it, who were lovely human beings that who's, who had lost their loved one, Jonathan King, a computer scientist at 41 to cancer. And, and for the last 29 years have been funding this lecture. And I felt so transiently connected to everything. And then the next day I go home, I get home at like midnight I wake up and I'm back in this house and I'm back thinking about what should I post on Facebook today and what are we gonna do on YouTube and how are we gonna get more clicks and views and what are we gonna do? What am I gonna, how am I gonna utilize Tom and Logan when they come up this Thursday where they are right now? And what am I gonna do with Andy and we're gonna get sponsorships and what am I gonna do with Victoria, my new assistant? And I got so fucking miserable and so depressed and so angry and I just was, I've never, I didn't even know what to do with myself, man. I, it was fucking terrible. And and then and and then yesterday went by and my wife came home and I think I might have yelled at her for something stupid which I never do, dude. Like she came home and she's like, "So how was your day?" I'm like, "Fucking awful." I had to deal with the attic guy who was a dipshit and fucking. I, and she was like, "Well, you know, the chair of my department saw your talk and she thought it was really amazing and wanted me to tell you." Well, you can tell her I don't care what she thinks because I just don't fucking care. That came out of my mouth, dude. Like I, I was like, "What has happened?" <laughs> And then today you guys are coming and I'm like, well, now what am I going to do with these guys? Like what content are we going to create? Like, I just don't even feel like doing anything. And then Tom said some shit to me, right? What did you say to me, dude? Just five minutes ago before we started this thing. Well, I just told you we were doing those AMAs, you know, and I was just like, hey, man, um, just say your real feelings. And you started basically saying what you're saying now. And I was like, it sounds like you're burned out, you know, just like you were back at Stanford. Like you thought you were going to be, you could never be burned out because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm ZDog MD and now people know me and we're making a difference and, you know, yada, yada. But like, no, now there's expectations and pressure and stress and it's the same as it ever was. It's just, you know, it's a higher mountaintop, really. I fucking did the video on moral injury that got so much attention because it, and, and here I am going, wait, but no, that can't, I can't be the one burned out. Because, and, 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 and yet if I look at it, like, and so you were telling me this stuff, right? And I'm sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I'm like, wait, wait, fuck, this piece of shit is right. <laughs> like this guy actually nailed what I'm unable to say about myself because there's denial, which is, wait a minute, could there be some moral distress having to do shit I don't like? Like, and you'll see the AMA if we release it and Tom wants to release it. And I'm we're like, gonna release it. I'm like, I don't know, man. Cause it, it's very like, I don't know. It it gets a little dark and it's about me and I I am uncomfortable with that. Life gets a little dark, see? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the me, real shit. Tell man. me about it. Also, that's racist, you motherfucker. You can't okay? be a happy dancing clown all the time we, for the internet. Like you're a real person. You have real feelings. Why man. not? Tom Heinever, I am a mask. I'm on the internet. I'm supposed to be Mr. Z Dog, Mr. Health 3.0. What even that means, right? It changes all the time. I mean, technically, we are we're digital masks right now. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little uncanny, kind of but, ironic. Yeah, little, I like it. I kind of like it too. It fits. So, th th this being said, I think the moral distress of having to be a character when I'm not that character, like that's a part of me, but that's not who I am. 
the moral distress of having to go on the road and speak at organizations who are there to trot me out sometimes to alleviate the quote unquote burnout of their quote unquote providers. Yeah, they treat you like you're a puppet like a, a lot puppet. of times, like or a prop. You're a prop. Look at Z Dog. He's here to talk to you about, you know, uh, bullshit ass moral injury that we don't give a fuck about. And we haven't created any systems change, but we paid Z Dog's speaking fee so we can act like we're doing something about it. So why don't you go to the meet and greet with Z Dog and you guys can talk about moral injury like a bunch of little bitches while we're over here raking in all the money? That, what you just said. And you know, oh God, and I'm not gonna say who who the organization is, but I spoke for an organization where, uh, you know, again, I was uncomfortable because the call that I had, I was like, I don't know, these guys are a little bit, um, they're a little bit uh, uh, corporate and... I think Logan just spilled hot coffee. Logan on just fumbled kind of his coffee handoff um, from, from Victoria. But but yeah, so that's that's pretty funny because even though we're these like faceless characters, thank you, Victoria. These- Victoria brought me a coffee. She brought one for Logan too, but Logan spilled it all over himself <laughs> like a dumbass. <laughs> We're we're in San Francisco, so it has a liberal lid. That's right. It's it's made of like fake plastic. That's a dolphin digestible. I, I slightly went out of my screen there because I had to drink some cold brew. That, people, Sorry that was impressive, that. fam. So here, here's here's Wait, this is what it looks like when I drink cold brew. Hold on, there. This is me rubbing my eye. Ah, lovely. So. <laughs> So this organization had already, I was very uncomfortable because they were corporatizing my talk for consumption and they wanted to cut it down to 30 minutes from the usual hour, which is what it takes to talk about these very nuanced and complex issues. Hey, we know that you are an Indian immigrant, we get it, but all your dad jokes about your dad being an Indian, those are offensive, my guy. So we're gonna need you to strip those from the talk. Okay, thanks. Can you just water it down for our delicate white sensibilities, please? It was worse than that, dude. I got an email. So we th- we had the call. They they gave me a little more time. I get an email from corporate, from the corporate executive assistant. Not even the people, the actual doctors, corporate executive assistant saying, yeah, we're very uncomfortable with any racial humor or things that use racial humor to uh, as an angle to get a laugh. So could you please, we know you understand these issues. So could you please rewrite that piece and eliminate it, understanding that we have a policy of never using racial humor as a corporation. So, okay, that was the morning of the fucking talk. I'm on a plane and I get this message. And at this point, I'm like... Because you're just there to be a fucking puppet. I'm there to be a goddamn... You're not there to be a real person. You corporate know? fucking clown, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting paid a bunch of money to do these talks, right? Which is already a source of, like, discomfort for me because I needed to fund the show. Oh, boo-hoo. You're so yeah. rich. We're all supposed to feel bad for you. Exactly, right? Exactly. First world problems. Oh, he's getting paid a bunch of money to do this fucking talk that he's worked on for 10 years, that he, <laughs> that he fucking is optimized, that you know, that I do for free for people I care about, but I'm gonna do for money for people I don't know, that people that actually can afford it, right? And I'm gonna use that money to try to do good. So, but I am beholden to people who are paying me, just like we're beholden to Big Pharma if we take their fucking gifts, just like we're beholden to the insurance companies that they're paying us, we're beholden. We can't look at new truths because our salaries depend on believing lies. So that's what it feels like to me inside. Of course, I can't put my finger on it, but I'm- Hey man, you guys don't lie. You just believe in valid truths, which is a lie. I, li- I like what Tom said. It feels cleaner to me. So 
here I am on the plane and I literally wrote back an email and it said, I've never, it's very hard to offend me. But as an Indian male who's not white, to have a white person fucking tell me what is racist and what isn't in my talk and then try to say, oh, but you know the nuance. I fucking know the nuance. I wrote the nuance, bitch. That's what we do on the show. And that's what we do in what we, that's the centerpiece of who I am is finding nuance in black and white issues. This guy is like the fucking Beyonce of nuance. He's nuance. That's amazing. Don't you people understand? I am nuance. If you like it, then you better put nuance on it. If you like it, then you better. So, so I wrote this email back and I'm like, I'm going to get off this plane when I land and I'm going to turn back around and get a ticket and come back home and you can, you can have your fucking money and fuck you. And you know what was interesting is at that point, I actually had the conversation with the physician who had the original concern and I got on the phone with them. And within 10 minutes, we... We knew where we knew exactly what was going on. It was vastly more nuanced than the email I got from the corporate stooge. And but it was enough to put me on a path where I was like, I am never speaking again, ever. Because I will not be, I will not be devalued, deauthenticized, dehumanized by a corpo fucking ration. And then I realized this is how most healthcare quote unquote providers feel now. This is how this is how we're meant to feel in this you know health 2.0 commodity assembly line. And so maybe my role is to give voice to the unfiltered truth that they can't say because they will lose their jobs. Right? And so that gave me a, a couple more weeks of okay, this is what I am now. We cha even changed the slogan healthcare's unfiltered voice, right? And yet I'm constantly having to filter I'm constantly having to play these stupid games to get views and, oh, maybe we should, you know, do a little more YouTube and maybe, you know, we should post this kind of thing. And Who cares, dude? All I want to do is go out, connect with other people, give a voice to people, actually have their voice be heard, understand, learn, talk to people I care about, even if my audience doesn't care. That's who I want on the show, right? So it's been fucking ah, – it's been it just a crazy – and then Tom's like, you're burned out. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, you know why I'm so quick to diagnose is because fucking never saw it coming. But guess what? Tom does medicine now, too. This is what I think about every day for the last three years. I've been thinking about healthcare for some reason. Not sure why. But I feel burned out, too, because when we first. OK, when I very first met Zubin, we did a music video together, which was readmission. And I was like, I'm gonna crush this video because I'm dope. That's what I do. And then I did. And then it was Z's biggest video. And then he was like, God, who's this guy? This guy is so handsome, but he's so smart. And we had a meeting at Starbucks. And I was like, all right, here, here's the deal, bro. Tell me who you are. Like, what are you doing? What do you, you know, I did that bullshit thing we all do in meetings where we're like, what's your story? Who are you? What are you doing? And Z was just like, here's, here's who the fuck I am, man. I went to Palo Alto Medical Clinic. I did this thing. Then I fought off a rooster and then I wanted to change healthcare. And I was like, oh my God, this is a crazy story. We need to get you in front of the people. And that's when we started working together. And I was, you know, honestly kind of bought in to the whole mission to health 3.0. I was like, we can do this. We're going to fucking change everything suck a dick healthcare for all or i mean medicare for all people anyway <laughs> 
Three years later, I'm sitting here like, it's all fucked, man. We're, what do you mean change it? I'm like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Logan, put one of these in my med mode. I'm like, like, you ain't ever going to change it, guy. One time this guy, he tried to change it in 1972. You know what they did to him? They disappeared him. Like the Clintons, they suicided his ass. <laughs> So, so I, was, you- I was burned out as you are, man. And so I could recognize it because I, I, I'm sitting there every day and I'm like, fuck, what kind of shit are we supposed to do? We're supposed to like, how are we supposed to make a video that changes shit when nobody fucking cares? Like all the people who are already aligned with us are watching the videos and being like, yeah, shit's fucking broken. And all the people who have the power are like, I don't know. I didn't see that video. What were they talking about? Change? <laughs> yeah, right. Dude. I mean, the struggle is real. And this, look, dude, like I get, I get a thousand plus messages a week on Facebook and some of them are just garbage. I want to stab my eyes out, you know, like 30 paragraphs of some sob story about how they were fired. And I'm like, I, if you can't tell a fucking story in three lines. Here's the thing. First of all, Janice, she told me don't come in on Thursdays. And so then what's this bitch do? She schedules me for Thursday. And this is like Z gets a lot of emails. I like get that. shit like that. Don't send that shit. No, if you send okay. it to me, I'll just going to block you from now on. And the thing is, look, people need to be heard. They need to have their suffering witnessed. But I'm not the person to witness that kind of suffering because that's fucking fake victim suffering. And I won't have it. And, and I hate it. And I want to die when I read it. I really want to die. Uh However, I will get messages that are truly heartfelt, truly amazing stories, and I'm blessed to be able to even have them shared with me. And those make it worth waiting through a thousand messages to see five of those that right. are that are tremendous. Let and me tell you the secret to getting Z to read your message and respond to it, because he actually does read all of them, but if they're paragraphs long, he skips them. I don't read them if they're paragraphs right, long. Right, right, yeah. right. The, the way to get Z to respond to your shit, if you like actually want a response and you're not venting into the void, is to join the conversation and talk about things that could be changed or things you see. We love that shit. Like, Bright that's, spots. That's what we're looking for because like it helps alleviate burnout. Bright spots you know? where you're not trying to sell me something. Like, oh, I want to be on your show because I'm doing this. Like, right. Then you're right, not going right. to be on my show because you asked to be on the show. Tell me about the cool stuff you're doing and be authentic and show me the passion and show me that it's actually working. And that's great. And don't do it in 20 paragraphs. And, and you can just be like, oh, here's the story, basically, a couple lines. And then if you want to hear more, believe me, I'll ask. I'll be like, email me at this address and I want to hear more. But otherwise, so this kind of thing all contributes to just me going, I want to stop this. I want to stop reading messages. I'm just laughing because before we did this uh, Metamoji podcast thing, Z was like, I'm sick of being a fucking cartoon character <laughs> and then he was like you want to do that metamoji podcast thing we talked about i was like yeah let's do oh wait oh, oh wait we're cartoon characters right now oh you know what gives me joy <laughs> this this gives me joy the other thing that gives me joy is we did the edit for jesse's pen our oh, rick so springfield good. parody so good. so good you guys like it's so 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 autistic well and here's the, okay here's the other thing we should talk about is like we're just a bunch of you know, we're being bitches, honestly. Honestly. Because it's not like you're in the trenches anymore. You're like, oh, I had to go to a conference and they paid me and they gave me first class air. But mm-hmm. then when I got there, they didn't appreciate me as a unique human being. And all the people that are listening who are deep in the trenches are like, shut up. I'm, I'm starting and, to get a little angry, Tom Heidever, and but I'm I can't just, show anger with this metamoji. And so. I'm just the sidekick of the guy who's whining over his, you know, big endorsement checks. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving you side eye, Tom Heinever. <laughs> no, no, but, but you're absolutely right. The thing is, by no stretch of the imagination, I've told this to you, Tom, like, I, I can look at my life right now and go, oh my gosh, I have a nice, 
beautiful remodeled house, a wonderful family, very smart, loving people, a great extended family, yeah. good friends, everything Maslow's hierarchy demands at the bottom and the top even. And yet without the sense of connection to the purpose that is yours, you will be miserable. And guess what? It makes it worse because you're yeah. sitting there and you're being like, I should be happy. I, I should be happy. I'm a piece of shit for being miserable. Right. Like, why am I so, I'm just, and look, my happiness. At least when you're like poor and you're low man on the totem pole, you can tell yourself this really comforting lie, which is like, if I just had money and status, I'd, I'd be so happy. You know, Bill Gates must be so happy. I watched that Bill Gates documentary. He seems kind of miserable. Yeah. At best, he's just like everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That documentary was interesting. Yeah, because I, I was like, wow, this guy... I felt for him. And you know, it also shows you when you see a documentary about Bill Gates fucking up a lot of stuff. Like he 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 hasn't solved the polio thing, although he's done a lot of good. He hasn't solved the sanitation crisis in Africa, although he's done a lot of good. You go, okay, people who think like billionaires somehow are pulling the strings in the world and are this big conspiracy theory and it, no, they're not competent. No right. human being is competent enough to understand how the world works enough to manipulate it enough to control things. They just don't. The world's too complex. It's too complex. It's too complex. None of us know what's going on. We, we don't. I mean, even I mean, the most brilliant AI might be able to figure it out, but these guys aren't. So, you know, some of the good, so, so the question is, we're talking about burnout, right? Like, so I'm finally now, with Tom's help, realizing that <laughs> this is a kind of burnout. Why? Because I'm not being, I'm not truly being authentic. And I, I'm not doing what I think is, needs to be done. And I'm, I'm worried about what other people think, and that needs to stop. And so what needs to happen is I need to have more conversations on the show with people I care about purely, okay? So you're coming on the show because I care about something you're doing, and I'm not gonna have a fluff conversation with you. It's gonna be like, I'm gonna get in your head because I care about what's in your head, actually, because I wanna know. And if you're not willing to open up, then you can get the fuck off my show. And I think that's basically gonna be the show component of it. And we're gonna, again, continue to look at things that are actually working as much as we can. And hopefully it can help other people. The other thing I wanna do is I wanna do music videos because they're fucking fun. So like Jesse's pen was a blast, dude, like working on trying to figure out how to sing this shit. Like I, it, and then make it funny and make it relevant to medicine. So San Mateo Medical Center has now allowed us to shoot video there and they're, um, the person who gave me the tour who's like championing this, all right, is a classic example of someone who we should be celebrating in healthcare. He was a radiology tech, worked his way up to running the Department of Ancillary Services at the County Safety Net Hospital, and is a fan of the show, and is like, I will get you in here, and don't worry, and all you gotta do is support us, and I'm like, uh, done. And he cares about his community, he cares about his patients, and he doesn't care about the type of videos we're doing. He's not obsessing over every line. Is it gonna upset somebody? He's obsessing over, is it the right thing to do to be a part of this bigger movement? And so, see, that's beautiful, man. That's inspiring. Those kind of things keep me going every, every day. You know, and then the supporter tribe is interesting because they're a wonderful decompression. I get to do live shows with them. I feel bad that I'm not doing enough for them sometimes, enough continuing medical education. But honestly, if you're subscribing for CME, you're gonna get it. But if that's the sole reason you're subscribing, you probably, you, it's the wrong answer. You shouldn't be a sub supporter. You should be a supporter because you wanna be a part of these more authentic, behind the paywall, people wanna be there, no trolls, really good people talking about stuff and sometimes it's not important sometimes it's just like what do we have for dinner what how to, what what's going on in your life you know 
I think too, like we have to, you know, we have to realize that there probably is no one answer to all of this. And the answers probably are simpler than we think they are. Mm. Like just having conviction in your belief mm. is probably like a, a good enough answer. You, you can't like, like part of the problem I think with health 3.0 that we've had in the past is like, it's almost like you're selling a dream that you yourself don't believe in, you know, mm. because you wish it were true mm. that we could have this and that it, it's on the horizon, right? It's always on the ephemeral horizon. It's coming, mm. but you don't have conviction in your beliefs that it's actually going to happen because you're beaten down and you're depressed. You know, you know what's interesting because this is a mixed thing for me. I actually have seen Health 3.0 work at our clinic, and it had its, it has problems too. Every every clinic does, but it it actually worked. Where my conviction tends to waver is when I see big systems and I go, "Can we apply this to them? Are they going to be able to to do this?" And then I go, they're so conditioned and they're so in the legacy players' pockets and they're so addicted to the insurance model and addicted to this fee-for-service model and addicted. How's it gonna happen? That's where my conviction wavers. But then I see people kind of even like Humana is doing it with Iora, our old partners at Turntable. They're doing it. Like, so it, 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 that's when I, that's when like, look, when I waver, I, I get a little moral distress because I'm like, Wait a minute! I've seen this work. I've I've taken the red pill. How can I not do everything I can to game social media so more people see this? That's why you know. Actually, that's really what it is, Tom. Like that's why, like when I'm posting on Facebook or trying to post on Twitter or thinking about like how can I get more clicks through to these things, I feel this moral obligation that if people aren't engaged, they're missing this message that's very important, and then somehow I will be responsible for Health 3.0 not happening oh yeah and then i fucked up it takes a long time to get it though you know honestly like i've been uh and and i was non-medical to begin with but you know it's been three years of me doing this and i'm just starting to realize what a revolutionary uh care model the turntable was Mm. like and i think you i think you deserve more credit for that uh, and again, and I, I know it was other people. It was other it, this people. was an idea that was in the ether and everything. But like, you put up a fucking clinic and you tried to service the community, and you know it just wasn't the right time, the right place. Like the moment hadn't come for change yet. You know, I have to take responsibility for not also being a shameless marketer for that clinic. I think if I had gone out and done. I think what a lot of other people do, which is just absolutely shameless marketing um, without nuance, just right. black or white marketing. Like, this is the best place ever. You're going to fucking love it. It's amazing. You got to come here. Yeah. You got to come here. Then <clears throat> it would have, I might've had more patience. We might've been able to keep it going longer. We might've survived, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And and that makes me, I still feel a little guilt over that. The good news again is that, you know, our partners are doing it in Medicare Advantage, which is a payment model that actually makes much more sense for that clinic so all that being said look that whole era was tough too man there was a lot i would look forward to the weekends because it was such hard work right well Uh, yeah you're trying to you're you're pissing against the wind basically right and dude i'll tell you the worst part of that talk about fucking distress moral distress sitting in meetings with these asshole business people suits that run these big legacy players trying to convince them that zoo zoo can i call you zoo no you can't can i call you zoo zoo I love what you're doing here. Love it. Love it. I want to take it home, marry it, eat its ass. That's what I want to do. <laughs> That's how much I love it. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, here's the problem. 
We can only reimburse at uh, 15 bucks a head. What do you do now? 80? Oh, no, 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 no. Human life isn't worth that much, see? Zoobs. Can I call you Zoobs? <coughs> it's not worth that much. Have I told you about my shareholders and what they think about that? Yeah. Yeah. It was fucking soul crushing. We're going to need some profit. We're going to need to see some profits. Uh, some of us need yachts. Big ones. Yeah, Z-Dog, I'm going to need you to grow hair before we do that shit. <laughs> like, it was fucking soul crushing, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I was nice to be free of that. But so I've sat in these meetings, too, with these people, and uh, <laughs> they'll come in and they'll be like, we get it. We're so aligned with you, Zubin. We want to see healthcare change as much as you do. Here's our new marketing buzzword. Capability. <laughs> and you're like, okay. And they're like, what do you think about that? I think uh, it's a fucking dumbass buzzword a bunch of you bitches have been jerking each other off with. We hear you. We hear you. Doctors do need more capability. Are you listening to me? No. No one. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, the marketing calls sometimes that we have, we're like, mm, 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 mm. these people have invented jobs for themselves to do. They have to look busy. They have to in, insert themselves in places that, you know, did they do not need to be because they oh have my no God. wisdom to add. If you're a fucking nurse on the front lines or a doctor on the front lines who's actually doing shit so that people go home to their families, if you were able to sit in one of these marketing meetings for one day, you would be so disgusted that you would never stop vomiting. You would just vomit until you died because it's the grossest thing in the world it, it is what they do it it's is just jargon it is the worst now combine that with say the same thing but in actually in medicine in healthcare so it's these marketing departments these biz dev departments the mbas that are running the shit you just want to die when you're talking to them because you're like you've not really understood what it is we do here we take care of human beings and zoops zoops can i can i, can I interject I don't think you've understood what we do here because we take care of uh, matching our revenue cycle rate to reimbursements. <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna go ahead and get a couple of analysts in on this. We're gonna go ahead and need to see your click through rate, possibly mm -hmm. your uh, demographic penetration, because we're really trying to look at nurses twenty five to twenty six years old with uh, HPV. Those are the people we're trying to reach. And uh, so, Zoobs, can I call you that? Anyways, or is it Doctor Zoobs? Because mm -hmm. you know, I, I bet your dad's like Zoobs. You know, right? So keep it real. I fucking want to die, dude. I want to die. Uh, uh, but you know, look, 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 again, these are our first world problems. So the thing is, I'm re-inspired to just not give a fuck. So guys, I'm going to promise you this now. Look at my Metamoji face. Does it look like the face of a motherfucking liar? This is the face of someone who does not give a fuck. I'm going to say what needs to be said. If I never make another penny in advertising or supporters or sponsorships or whatever the fuck, I don't care. I'm just gonna do what I think I need to do. And guess what? My wife has a job. She's a radiologist, okay? Doesn't make a ton of money because she's academic. God damn it. She refuses to do private practice. God damn it. But she loves what she does. She teaches. She's a mentor. She has purpose. That's enough to live on. Guess what? I don't give a fuck anymore. Zoops, I get it. Not only that, I love the anger. I love it, my guy. You want to come work for Optum and be our uh, <laughs> our burnout czar? You want to be czar burnout? Pay you 450k a year, bro. 
plus benefits. Plus I would benefits. Lo- I would love to be Optum's chief wellness officer. Every year we go on a little golf retreat. It is dank, my son. Be- you know what I'm saying? You want to come? You know, being Optum's chief wellness officer is like being the devil's like fake angel. Yeah. Like, hey, guy. Let's, we're doing good in the world. Devil's like, yeah, yeah, we're doing totally good. Yeah, we have a PBM that's a fucking parasite. We're uh, corporate medicine at its fucking worst. Every doctor hates us and doesn't want to work for us, but does because they have no choice because we're monopolies in certain communities. Las <laughs> Vegas. And uh, fuck them all. Zoobs. <laughs> I like it. I like that you tell the truth. Come on, bro. We got a good vacation package. We all go down for a little company bro down every once in a while. You ever done an anal chug? That's where you stick a beer up another bro's ass and then you drink it out of his ass. We used to do it back in college. Uh, I'm listening. Sort of a thing, you know, because when you grow up rich and white, you just you got to invent ways to punish yourself because life doesn't do it for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like what you're throwing. I like what you're throwing, boss. Uh, I'll tell you what. Sign me up. I have a very simple writer. I need green M&Ms. Actually, scratch that. Just brown M&Ms because, you know, la, la gente. And uh, a he lot cleans of, my pool. La gente. La gente? Yeah. La gente Jones. <laughs> I know him. It's like Osmosis Jones. Why is it whenever, I, whenever I laugh with this emoji, I look evil? <laughs> I look like an asshole. I am an asshole. That's the other thing. So I don't know, Tom. How are you doing, man? You're. Have you announced your new uh, B A B Y? Oh yeah, I'm having, oh. a, I'm having another baby girl. That's ah, fucking amazing. Tom. And I, I don't sleep, mm. and I'm slowly dying. Tom is having a hard time. Shit is hard, bro. Yeah, you know why he's having a hard time? Because I'm not there. He's no, surrounded you know it is. by. It's because hmm? I went into um, I went into parenthood with my typical textbook braggadocious Tom Hine of herself and I was everybody's like parenting is really hard and I was like for you nerd I'm so much cooler and smarter than you are I'm gonna be fine and then I was like oh my god this is hard as fuck it's hard as balls dude fucking sucks yeah I know I you know I when you're a new parent you have this thing where you're like uh this is gonna stop and then you know about 10 months in you're like no it's not never until they go to college just Straight pain. Yeah. Straight now I pain. realize when I went to college why my parents were so quick to divest themselves from me. They were just like, yeah, he's gone. So we're going to go back to doing the shit we did 20 years ago. <sighs> exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm already counting. I'd come home. Down. My father would just be like laying in the underwear, in his underwear, drinking scotch and eating ice cream on the weekends. And I would be like, is this what you do? He was like, this is me. This is who I am. That's so beautiful. God, it's so, it's just lovely. <laughs> and now I'm just looking forward to 20 years from now when I can do the same. It's, it's an amazing thing, my brother. <laughs> so, you know, I had, to, I, I will say this, like, so the other day I spent the whole day at Stanford because bioethics demanded that I hang out with them, that I do a med student uh, uh, seminar for like 30 med students who self-selected to be there. And um, I was in the med student seminar. And again, I'm, I'm burned out already, right? I mean, meaning before I even got there, I'm like, oh, this Z-Dog thing is a fucking lie. I'm living a lie. And I go and sit down and this young lady comes up to me and she's like, hi, my name is such and such. And um, you're the reason I'm at Stanford Medical School. And I'm like, what? And she goes, I, you know, she tells the whole story of how she watched my videos, was inspired to do this, was scared to do that, ended up applying and used some of my stuff and this and this and this. And the next thing you know, she's at Stanford Medical School on a path to being a doctor, one of the top medical schools in the country. 
And I was like, part of me recoiled in horror and was like, I'm responsible for the d destruction of this woman because this is such a fucking horrible path. I, I, I couldn't recommend it to my own children. And then part of me was like, oh my God, what a beautiful fucking thing. She's on the path to finding a sacred calling, right? And I hold that paradox every day, man. We did seven years and I was like, yes, I feel this about my children. Like if they went into medicine and they really did it with open eyes, I'd be so blessed. And then there's part of me that's like, how dare you go down this path that I've already told you is laden with misery. And so holding that paradox, like being simultaneously that's part that's part of it. That's part of actually managing burnout is realizing there's gonna be a lot of shit too that you have to deal with. You know, that and, sucks. Okay, listen, I'm like the last person you would expect to be giving you this advice or anybody <laughs> this advice. But I'm Buck in, up, go to school, get a degree. Is that your advice? <laughs> Eat your vegetables, children. Uh I, you know, I'm in therapy now and I'm I'm woke. I'm woke, my guy. And you need to do some self care. You need to do shit for yourself because if you don't fill up your cup first, see. How are you supposed to fill up other people's cups? Get me all twitchy, Tom Hunter, that's bullshit. Well, so what do you mean by self-care? Explain this to me. Self-care just means, you know, don't put yourself last. Uh, one of the things that, like, because I grew up like you, where, like, everything was an achievement mindset. It mm. was like, I'm going to achieve, 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 and then die. <laughs> and uh, that sounded pretty good to me. It was like, okay, cool. I'll just keep going, and I'll never have to feel my feelings, and uh, I'll just, you know put my shiny awards on the mantle or, you know, die with a lot of money and give it to charity, whatever, whatever, whatever I would have done to put myself dead last and, uh, you know, achieve and leave some bullshit legacy, you know? And then I started going to therapy and I was like, yeah, this is bullshit, you know, because what am I really doing? I'm, what I'm really doing is I'm putting myself last and then I'm exploding on people mm. Uh, like my wife or, you know, people around me, mainly Logan. Shut up, Logan! <laughs> you piece anyway. of shit! There's one thing we can agree on, Tom Heineberg, Logan is a piece of shit. And, you know, so I, I was... <laughs> I was doing Poor that... Logan. I was doing that often. We do like, it because he can take it. He can take it. And then I realized... Um, this is... The reason I'm having these blow-ups is because I have treated myself like I don't matter. Mm. And... I need to start treating myself like I do matter. And so I bought myself a motorcycle. Because <laughs> that's dope. And I always wanted to look cool. So yeah, yeah. that's what I mean by self-care. And you got to find what's your motorcycle, guy. You know, I bought I bought a uh, uh, expensive uh, 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 hybrid crossover gravel bike. And I felt so guilty buying it. And then I started riding it. And it was the first time in a long time that I felt really present and like, oh, man, this is great. Yeah. What is it about this shit that I used to laugh at people for doing? I'm like, I'm going to run your ass over, you pussy ass bitch, riding on that stupid bike with your dumb spandex on the Bay Area bullshit. I'm out, guys. And then I did it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm one with nature. <laughs> and I'm getting in good shape. Can I tell you something, too, that you're not going to hear because I wouldn't have heard it Uh when your parents are still alive, you still do have quite a bit of expectation that's being put down on you by your parents. Even though you're an adult and your parents are much older, mm. there are still expectations there that you're supposed to be a certain way and do a certain thing. And, you know, when you're like, my father died, you know, last year and, uh, 
all those expectations just went away because mm. I was like, oh, I'm just free to live now. Mm. I, don't, I don't have to live because I realized I was living either for or against my father yeah. most of the time. And that was the dichotomy that I found myself in. Mm. And now I just act in a way where I, I don't have either of those concerns. And I'm just like, what would make me happy? Mm. I'll do that, you know. Wow. That, that's interesting because I do find that that is still a unconscious, especially with, you know, the, the high achievement parents, right? Oh, yeah. Whether it's immigrants or whether it's just high achievement, like your parents are just high, high achievement parents. I was thinking about that with uh, John McCain. When John McCain died, you know, his mom was like 85 oh, and she right. was still, yeah, still she was still there. Mm. And I was like, I wonder if John McCain ever got to be really his own man, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because he came from this military background. His father was an admiral and mm. he was expected to do all those things, mm. expected to achieve. And what if John McCain was like, I just want to do acid, mm. you know, mm. and just fucking, mm. I'm, I was in a fucking the Hanoi Hilton for years. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try something here. I'm going to switch emojis for this piece. Okay. Here we go to Panda. It's going to be weird. You got to achieve, 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 and then die. I want to switch. That is success. Now I go back to, to Ruben. I want to switch emojis. Hey. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, you can switch emojis. I'm going to be Logan. Meh. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> Oh, fine. If you're going to be Logan, then I'm going to be this guy. God damn it. Oh, we are talking about parents. The parents are crazy only. They'll put many, 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 many constraints on you. I'm telling you only, okay? And okay. then R. Kelly. Hey, I pee on girls. Huh? It's, it's weird to be a med emoji uh, and be having these conversations like, ah, bro, I don't know, man. Maybe you're still living for your parents, bro. You know? You ever think about that? Have you ever considered... <laughs> you gotta do self-care, bro. You do self-care? You should do self-care. Oh, my God. I do self-care every day. I'm anti-vax, Janet. Welcome back to me on the show. I use self-care with essential oils delivered transvaginally. <laughs> because it, the, you feel the burn right in your hoo-hoo. And the Bartholin glands go cuckoo for lavender. So I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I realize I've been doing this wrong the whole time. I, I, I should have had this thing tilted up because now I can do a lot more expressions. So not really. It's the same. That's okay. Yeah, it's a placebo. For the people that are listening strictly on audio, they're going to be like, mm-hmm. like uh-huh. I don't care. I don't see the dick that he's showing right now. <laughs> There's no dick. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I think, all right, here's the thing, though. Here's what I'm going to say to you. The men emoji you that I'm talking to right now. Logan, which side of the screen am I going to be on? Left or right? The right. So I should look. Yeah, I've been, well, I've been looking left at him. That's so. right. I don't know. You can see Logan. You, anyway, here's what I want to say. You can say. always invert it. Here's what I want to say to you, the men emoji you. You got to take care of yourself first, Okay. You gotta take care of Zubin Demania. Not Z Dog MD. Fuck Z Dog MD. You gotta find what makes you happy, and then you gotta do that shit. Okay? Don't be worrying about people's expectations. Just fucking do what makes you happy. Okay, you're both fired. <laughs> I'm gonna move to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm going to live on a ganja plantation. Yes, they have those. I'm sure they have those. That wouldn't even make you happy, man. You're right. I'd be real miserable because getting high is a bad idea at my age. I well, just... there was... A, yeah, th actually, this is interesting. <laughs> Jordan Peterson has this thing where he's like, you know, you talk to people about what's their retirement plan and they're like, I'm going to sit on a fucking beach with a Mai Tai, you know? And it's like, okay, you do that for one day, that's an awesome day. You do that for a weekend, it's a pretty good weekend, but you're starting to feel it. You do that for a week, you're going to feel like shit. You do that for a month, you're an alcoholic. You do that for a year, and you're dead. <laughs> so you that's know, your plan? That's that's true, actually. That's and that's what a lot true. of people have. They're carrying that around in their head. They're like, 
I'm going to retire. I'm going to sit on a beach. I'm going to drink margaritas. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, okay, I want to I want to end the show talking about this thing. I re- I shared a while ago an article written by a guy who was like, your career is, is your peak uh, sort of productivity in your career, your creativity and all that is over sooner than you think. Yeah. And here's what happens next. And to some extent, I've been worried that am I just, am I unhappy because my peak sort of creativity is gone? And I don't think it's true, but but the point of the article was, no, just, just because this one phase of your life is no longer working because you don't have the same intellectual capacity or you're you know, getting older and these functions are changing. But the next phase, it's people who find a purpose in that next phase that involves wisdom. In other words, teaching, sharing the knowledge you've gained, doing different things with your hard-earned experience, they're the happiest. And they're the ones who are finding connection and purpose even in that third act or whatever it is. This is interesting. I was listening to uh, Dr. Drew talk about this recently. And he was- I thought you were gonna say Dr. Dre. And I thought, well, you know what? Now go ahead. So Dr. Dr. Drew. And he was saying basically, you know, like throughout his practicing career, uh, he would be scared to give people, you know, advice and stuff like that. Because, you know, you're not allowed to, you're not supposed to. And now that he's at the zenith of his career or at the end of his career, on the backslope of his career, he just doesn't give a shit anymore. And he's just like, here, take it. Like, here's all the advice. Here's everything I know about whatever I know. I have 35 years of experience and I want you to have it. That's, you know? that's where you need to be. That when you're at that stage, that's exactly where you need to be like that. And I think it, it leads to happiness. In the article, they told a story about he was, the guy was, the author was sitting on a plane behind a very famous person who walked on. And um, he was older and had had most of his fame earlier in life, but was still like, you would never not know this guy. I mean, just huge deal. And he's sitting down and he's being, he's signing autographs on the plane and he sits down, I must've been first class and next to his wife. And um, he said something, I forget what the article said, but it was this just despair filled, I'm so unhappy, I'm so unimportant. Nobody cares about me anymore. And it was very sad because his self-worth was still tied to this original thing that brought him whatever fame that he had. Right. Instead of being like, well, now my job is to spread wisdom or even just connect. Maybe it's to pray or meditate or find spirituality. Maybe maybe it's to connect deeply with your grandkids and teach them or teach others, whatever it is. But without that, you're, it's a recipe for unhappiness. Adam Grant uh, has this book called Originals where he talks about conceptual innovators versus experimental innovators. And conceptual innovators, one of the examples in the book is like Orson Welles was a conceptual innovator. By 25, he had created Citizen Kane, which was a masterpiece. Uh, you know, it's, it broke so much new ground in filmmaking. Whereas Alfred Hitchcock was an experimental innovator where he did most of his best work in his 60s mm. because he had been building up to doing that work and he kept experimenting and, and, and experimenting and experimenting. And the experimenters find what works, they have more longevity, and they actually produce a greater uh, depth and breadth of work than mm. the conceptual type innovators. Although everybody wants to be a conceptual innovator because who doesn't want to be rich and famous when they're 25, right? Right. right? But you actually find more success being an experimental innovator type. And how do you become that type of person? Um, you just do new stuff all yeah, the time. Try you challenge things. yourself. You try new things. Like this Metamoji podcast is like, to my, the best of my knowledge, nobody has ever done a Metamoji podcast before. I think we're some of the first people to do it. So it's like, and it a, may fail miserably. Right. It's, but it's like an experiment. A, yeah, we don't know. You know, especially when I go back into my Logan character and he just goes, meh, meh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so here, here's, here's what I'm saying is like ranchins. It's about ranchins. <laughs> <laughs> we should all be trying to do new things continually. Uh, because the only constant is change. Like, things are just going to keep changing. So don't... Like, what you were talking about, you know, where you feel like your best work is behind you, that's just grasping. You're grasping for stuff you can't hold on to anymore. Oh, I'm telling you, grasping is what I do. I grasp at the peanuts in the stool. I grasp at the buttocks on my way out because I'm not going gently into that dark bowl. I'm going with a fight. Uh, for people who are listening, I'm a poo emoji. Okay. <laughs> Tom Heinberg. Oh, let me try out one of my new characters. Oh, yeah, try I'm it. thinking about I'm thinking about doing this guy as a meta emoji. Hi, my name's Frank. I'm an octopus, and I'm high right now. <laughs> oh my god, I'm high, you guys. Anyway, I just came in for Delauded. Uh Oh, you won't, you don't, you don't want to give it to me? Mm, okay, okay. I'm a fucking octopus, bitch. I just squeezed right in through a crack in the door. Also, I saw your aquarium. Oh I'm gonna get high. I'm gonna eat your fish. Whatever. Just give me the script. It's easier on both of us. What, okay. Whatever he's smoking, I want some of that. Oh my god, <laughs> it sounds delicious. Also, octopus is so gross, slimy, ooh, and full of mercury, just like vaccines. Hey, it ain't easy living under the sea. Okay. Ever since the factories closed down during the trade war with China, it's been a pain. Hey man, a lot of octopuses are killing themselves. Try working for EMS, man, where you're where you're like making like ten dollars an hour, and they're making you work, and you're like, woo, 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 woo. They call you the ambulance driver, man. I'm like, it's not an ambulance, man. It's a cabulance, cause it's a cab for the Medicaid, man. It's Medicaid Uber. All I'm trying to say is that I need to get high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right let's, guys. Let's end this crazy meta emoji filled podcast. The uh, audio people are just like, what the fuck is going on? All right, guys, listen. Logan, do you have anything to say? All right, we did a thing. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, please uh, rate the thing. You know what? I'm not going to ask you anything. I don't fucking gamify this shit. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. But just care about what you do. Whatever you do, care about it deeply. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And we Sh out. Shout out from our boy Andy. Yo, 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 we're looking for sponsorships. Uh, hey, hit me up. Andy at turntablehealth.com. Peace out. I pee on chicks. I'm R. Kelly. <laughs> I pee on chicks. All right, we're out. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters. 
and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st- really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.